guys see the Alex Jones thing where he was like harassing Bernie in an airport? Mm-hmm. So I haven't I haven't seen the video or I haven't heard the audio. I just saw the picture and uh, some really great tweets about it. But uh, I hear you have some audio. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 we'll, we'll get into it. But I should intro the podcast first. Um, I just can't wait to talk about Alex Jones, even though there's about a thousand more important things happening. I'm just like, I, I gotta, I gotta start with that. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined by my co-host, LaDonna Loki. LaDonna, what's going on? I'm just going to scream for the rest of the episode. Hello. Cool. Cool. <laughs> it's reasonable. And uh, my other uh, co-host, Count Red Dracula, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, you only get to do the cunt rad part last week. That's, uh, that's you know, that's not. Uh, no, it's still go outside and play. You can call me go outside and play. Or you can just call, call me comrade, whatever. Mm. Okay. It's fine. Yeah, I don't listen, like being ordered listen, around by your Twitter I, 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 handle. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, you know, whatever your preferred pronouns are this fucking week. I'm not going <laughs> to out out. It's he, them, everybody. It's he, them. You and I don't mean one or the want. other. It's it's he, them every time. <laughs> you have to refer to me as he, them every we're, time. We're already alienating me. people. We're like a you minute are. into the yeah. <laughs> I'm not going outside and playing. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. You can tell really. me all you want, but no. It's too burns. fucking hot. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, but so... <laughs> Uh, we'll get into the news of the week, but I, I got to play this audio because this is just the goofiest shit you'll ever see. Um, to set the stage a little bit, or here, uh, you, well, yes, you. I, I highly recommend <laughs> seeking this video out, though it's so fucking funny. Just Alex Joe, this big puffy fucking red, you know, parade float chasing after like a <laughs> clearly peeved off Bernie Sanders and like his aide trying to kind of stand between them. Um, so you'll hear that guy at first, and then at the end you'll hear this audio uh, of uh, basically just a random passenger who recognized what's happening, and he just came up to Alex and was like, dude, really? Like, So here, I'll play some audio from then, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. Well, they didn't know Bernie Sanders. Dude, no, come on, not right now. No, Senator. Why did you say white people Alex. didn't know it was like before? Because you guys aren't flying first class, are you? Why is he running? Anyways, you guys flying first class, you shouldn't be. I got a coach ticket in my pocket. They don't do that in Venezuela. I like his $100,000 Audi. I'm going to walk this way. Don't touch me. Uh, you just hit me, bro. You put your hand out, or, Alex. Or you're going to do that socialist thing where you're like bumping the people and say they did? Alex, I'm walking back. Hey, Bernie. Bernie, why are you running, bro? There we go. Carl Rove didn't run like this. He always mm-hmm. talked to me. I'll talk to you. You want to have a conversation? Well, he we said, why people don't know what it's like to be poor. This is why people are poor. Why? Because kind of you're falling. What? He said, why people don't know what it's like to be poor. I thought it was a really racist thing to say. When you're white, you don't know what it's like to be living in a ghetto. You don't know what it's like to be poor. You don't know what it's like to be hassled when you walk down the street or you get dragged out of a car. Hmm? You guys are so afraid of stuff. Wow, Bernie Sanders runs from all chance. There you go. They already got it now. Don't worry. Don't you get worry. my beautiful face on camera. Don't worry. We'll destroy America. We'll turn it into Venezuela. Don't worry. Sanders over here. <laughs> look, look, right there. Bernie, why'd you say white people don't know what's like Don't touch me. Alex, don't so touch racist? me. Ooh. Don't touch me, Alex. You guys have fun. 
Gotta be around the general public, huh? It's kind of a bad thing. You're on the proletariat like that when you're a ruling class commie. Huh? Have fun. You're having fun. We're all having fun, aren't we? We're gonna win. Don't worry. America's coming back. America's coming back. We're winning. Have a good one. The truth is, the left is the most vicious, evil ideology the planet's ever seen. Yeah. Mr. Sanders, why do you think socialism works better than capitalism, and why do you live in a capitalist country? I don't know why you're running from me. Where are you flying today? You gonna to apologize to the Sandy Hook families, Alex? You well, that's the media them? misrepresents that. That's that. You, 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 you apologize for all the wars you guys launched, the Democrats? All the millions you killed? Do you enjoy living in your million dollar vacation houses, Bernie, or do you want to give those to the foreign? Yeah, your $100,000 Audis? What do you think about the fact that 98% of mass shootings occur in gun free zones? Bernie, do you want to get rid of those? Why don't you stop being an idiot for a second? It's okay. <laughs> I know, it's okay. Are you mad Hillary stole the election from him? I'm no, mad you you're a Sandy that. Hook denier. That's all? You guys are religion. You think that's like some big Who's my big guy? Thing? Who's my What guy am no, I? I mean, you like Hillary. What guy am I? No, you like Hillary. Did I bring up Hillary? No, I mean, don't worry. That's what I'm you, saying. You, you deny Sandy Hook and you're giving him a hard no, time. No, Hillary edited tapes of that. Oh, Hillary edited tapes of Sandy Hook. Yeah, that's right. You're an idiot. You win. Why don't you talk about all the wars? All right. The ending of that's great. The guy just goes, you're an idiot. You win. Yeah. So one of the one of the best tweets I saw about in response to this, Alec Jones, was uh, saying, oh, is like Bernie running away from him? I mean, I'm sure he wasn't literally running, but he literally was it, standing in line to like get on the plane. Right, like right. in front of Alex. The response, one of the great responses Alex Jones saw on Twitter was, uh, oh, is he running away like your wife ran away with your kids when she divorced <laughs> oh, you? Shit. Fucking yeah. body blow. He so, was writing that narrative as as it was happening. He's you could see him writing the headline in his head already. Bernie's <laughs> running away from Alex Jones as if yeah. he's some oh, no. you know big. Bernie runs all the time. I mean, he's you know. He, he's but a, he wasn't even running. He was like literally just slowly, yeah. annoyedly. Right. Walking. If, if you <laughs> right. ever if you've ever been to LAX, you cannot run anywhere in the air, airport. You no. would have to like jump oh, hur- hurdles over bodies because it's, it's like a refugee center basically. Like OJ in the uh, Hertz it, commercial. Yeah, <laughs> LAX is just a fucking <laughs> madhouse. Nobody. Right. Runs anywhere. So a couple of really funny things from that. Um, he 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 keeps like he just he he has like an elementary schooler's understanding of like historical communism. Like the just you can tell by the little <laughs> things he says. Um, he, you know, he also mentioned like, oh, were you we, we, we flying first class, Bernie? You flying first class? Bernie Sanders is like notorious for being like seen in coach like in the middle seat among other people like (laughs) there's so many photos of him sitting in the fucking which i wouldn't even do like i wouldn't buy a fucking middle seat ticket if i was flying solo yeah um but he has three houses he has three houses that's unforgivable it is (laughs) by the way i I, I do want to mention that because and by the way centrist this is what you sound like when you say stupid shit like that on twitter you sound like fucking alex jones like do fyi they do um but i I do i do just want to address that because it is true that he has three houses but people don't understand one of of his one of bernie's houses is a log cabin that's smaller than a one-bedroom apartment that i owned once i looked it up (laughs) yeah no it's actually pretty (laughs) shitty it's not even as nice as the house i live in which is not you know a crazy um yeah one one house is like basically a lake house which is a really old like you know it, it like imagine like your grandfather's lake house it looks like that 
you know, <clears throat> fucking like seventies wallpaper, like that kind of <laughs> deal. Uh, one of his houses, uh, they actually inherited from like Jane's father, I believe. Uh, and he has one place in D.C. because he works in D.C. and needs to right. not and it's a, it's like to Vermont yeah. every fucking day. And it's a little townhouse. Um, it's a little D.C. townhouse, which if it's actually close to Capitol Hill, it's going to be a little bit expensive. Yeah, but it's still pretty yeah. fucking modest yeah. if you look at he the thing. He also has worked in public service for th- fucking 30 years and has probably made, you know, right. over a million dollars in salary from, from public service. He's not any – he's one of the, still one of the poorest members of Congress, and he's – not but it's, any... it's it's that thing where they they attack him for growing up a poor Jew, and then they attack him for now being apparently a wealthy Jew. And it's like you realize the thing they really have a problem with isn't the wealth or the poverty; it's yeah. the other thing, you know. Yeah, no, obviously, and and it's just absurd. And you know, it's of course the typical uh, right. It, although of course liberals use it all the time, but it's the typical right wing uh, tactic, which is take your biggest weakness and project it onto your opponent. Because he's, you know, one of the poorest members of Congress. Like, his, you know, the person that most of these liberals who attack him support, Hillary Clinton, is a fucking, uh, you know, I mean, you, what, what what can we even say about Hillary? She's a, fu- you know. Like, Ch- Chelsea Clinton's uh, Manhattan apartment is $10 million. I mean. Not, yeah, I, like... I, and I don't even know what the fuck the, the Clinton compound in Chappaqua, you know, I, I, I know Chappaqua. Westchester County is the richest county in America. I happen to live in Westchester. I'm not. You know, yeah. in the rich part, but well, that's because that's, where, that's she... where they that's where the X Men live. They have the whole the whole. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I always loved that as a kid when I would be like, "Oh, school <laughs> yeah, right? Westchester," be like, "Let's find yeah. this fucking thing." Like, let's uh, <laughs> come on, I can be an X Man. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, or X Woman. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, you could play yeah. that again. And <laughs> um, but it, it was just so. It, 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 it's just so fucking funny, and I just love the guy at the end. Just like, dude, you're you're gonna give him a hard time. You like, you said that like Sandy Hook was a hoax. He's like, oh, Hillary, Hillary edited tapes of that. Hillary edited. <laughs> I don't it, think it Hillary could edit anything. Yeah. <laughs> I I just had this hilarious image of Hillary like you know scrounged over a fucking Final Cut Pro ten, you know, with a yeah. bunch of fucking yeah. cheese doodles like next to her, like the, just. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, after seeing Tim Kaine's tweet today, I'm confident she, they, a lot of these people actually do some of this oh work God. late at night. <laughs> Fucking. All right. So, you uh, soy Tim Kaine. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Kaine, who said uh, Russia coming to a G7 summit is like uh, taking Gallagher to a to a farmer's market, and he had a gif of Gallagher smashing fruit, and I was just like, wow, a timely, timely and relevant reference. I can't imagine why you lost. You know, I was like, did Dennis fucking Miller write this joke for him? Good God. Yeah, that, that was what Dennis Miller was hard at work at for three days in his yeah. lab. It yeah, like, joke oh, laboratory. man. I'd be like, um, oh, Gallagher, of course. So, I, yeah, I just fucking can't. I can't do it. Can't. He's such a fucking clown. He really is. I, so, you know, it, it's just, I, I, I thought that was really funny and absurd. Yeah. And so, I, I, can you imagine just sitting like in in just one of those seats waiting to board your fl- your flight and all of a sudden you see <laughs> oh shit it's bernie sanders i would think oh, i was shit, hallucinating if Alex i saw Jones the two of chasing them. after him with a fucking camera like a <laughs> lunatic oh my god like, yeah. what? Like, what? <laughs> his whole shtick is to like try to just goad people into confrontation that's all he is and there's a there's a million of these got right wing fucking blogger you know video bloggers out there there was a guy who did this at a uh, big union rally at the michigan capitol uh, about five years ago five six years ago and he was going around trying to like aggressively interview uh, 
union members. InfoWars guy? What's that? Was it InfoWars guy? I don't know what that Info is. InfoWars. InfoWars. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. It just, uh, you know, it was some just other some fucking yeah, rat, yeah. rat shit piece of person like that, you know? And he just kept, like, go, trying to goad uh, union members into punching him, right? So finally one did, right? And, of course, he gets it on Fox News saying, I was attacked by these union thugs. Oh, it's like, well, so uh, he tried to press charges, and the judge threw it out because the judge said, well, I, I want to see the whole video. And the whole video showed that he was deliberately antagonizing people and, like, just, you know, puffing his chest up next to him and, and be like, you know, come on, man, come on. So finally, when he got fucking decked, the judge was like, you know what? You deserved it. <laughs> and these guys, they, they're such fucking tough guys until they actually get fucking punched in the face. And then they're the biggest pussies in the world. <laughs> well, think about Richard, that. Fucking Sp- Richard that- Spencer advocates fucking genocide, essentially. Uh, but he's like the the littlest fucking you know bitch in the world when he gets yeah. punched by a couple of you the know. lady that called the police on the the black people that were barbecuing, you know the second oh, yeah. that the cops yeah. showed up and she I starts bawling her eyes out. <laughs> yeah, like okay. Uh. Oh my god, they're such fucking snowflakes. It's so funny that they call you know the left snowflakes or whatever. It's just like. Yeah. Again, total projection. But um Well there I mean there's that great video of the guy that throws the coffee in Alec Jones's face and he comes running after him down the street. <laughs> like uh, that I mean, it almost seems staged, but you hope you so hope it or, wasn't staged. Or well there's another video of Alex Jones where some guy's like, Hey, you're a fucking asshole, like across the street as he's recording <laughs> one of his yeah. like videos, like on the street. He's like, Oh, oh yeah, and he like fucking chases it. Like the way he fucking runs is the funny like it. <laughs> You gotta watch this video. Like, you just, yeah. Are you gonna say it to my face? He's like, yeah. He, I just said to your face. You're an like asshole. A, like, like a gorilla trying to run on two legs. <laughs> this is what it looks like. You know, his tiny little head and his huge uh, shoulders and his little tiny <laughs> stick legs. You know, just, and of course he can't get anywhere fast. Massively red body. Like, I, I it just, it, yeah. I don't know. And he's um, in his early forties. That's the thing. He's Alex Jones is in his early forties. Oh he's so There's fucking no leathery. Way. Yeah, oh, so gosh. leathery. No, he looks like he's fifty five at least. Well, steroids and whatever else he's on. I don't know. Even the drugs don't explain it all to me. Well, die pills uh, really uh, boost your metabolism. And uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. If brain he's, and... he's totally sober. He's just completely sober. And that's what like, a lifetime of sobriety does to the body. <laughs> he sounded like he was fucking huffing and puffing, too, just trying to keep up with Bernie. I guess those fucking, you know, gorilla brain pills that he sells aren't helping out with his cardio. <laughs> hey, I would rather be fat than wind up acting like that jackass. <laughs> yeah. no thanks. Oh God! All right. Well, on to way less entertaining and more depressing news. Oh uh, yeah. Mm. Pretty much the entire rest of the show. Um. So, uh, yeah. You know, today I didn't even uh, really prepare anything for it, but it was fucked up. Uh, Anthony Bourdain uh, killed himself. That really crazy. Uh. So. And he wasn't the only one this week, too. I mean, that was the one, obviously, for me and probably a lot of our listeners that was more tragic. But the other one was Kate Spade. And you you oh, look yeah. at the two of them and you just think these are people that had all the money in the world that could have gone anywhere in the world to get any treatment that they wanted and still, so, you know, uh, some people have pointed out, oh, we need to address, you know, income inequality and the, you know, social, socioeconomic stressors and all of that. And I'm like, yes, all of that is true, definitely. But these are people that were well off and still so uh, I, I, I know, made that choice. I guarantee they're going to find out that they recently changed medications they were on, like whatever anxiety, mm-hmm. depression medications they were on. And it, they had uh, a, a very rapid um, negative reaction to it. 
and I know this happened to somebody that was a roommate of mine where he was on anxiety depression meds all his life, but he never had suicidal thoughts until he changed prescriptions and within six days he killed himself. And it was, it's not an overdose. It's not a, um, necessarily, uh, uh, it's just a, a severe psychological negative reaction. Yeah. Well, SSRIs are just, nobody knows how to fucking prescribe them. Right. And they're such a crapshoot. Well, and we don't even know yet. They were just doing a study a couple years ago at ASU about the long-term effects of SSRIs because they had never fucking done one before. So, you know. That seems like a little bit of an oversight. (laughs) I don't know. They're prescribing it for people who are, you know, severely depressed or... Yeah. So yes, it is possible to have an adverse reaction, you know, just starting one. It's also possible that when you go off of one and before the new one can start, that there's a, you know, a downturn in mood. I mean, there's a lot of different things with Kate Spade, actually, her, I think it was her sister or her close friend said that she actually never wanted to go seek treatment because she was afraid that it would hurt her career, hurt her brand or whatever, which made me Mm want to pull my hair out and scream. Um, because we still have this incredible stigma um, associated with it. God forbid you hurt your, you know, your brand of purses and handbags uh, and and live. Um, that seems well, to me but, to be the know, more reasonable choice. But I know you're not thinking clearly when you have these it's thoughts. A, yeah, it's a cycle. It's but, but more to the point of, of celebrity, it's like they don't. There's people who are wealthy and, and have fame and everything, and they're afraid to go to the doctor because they know that somebody may sell their medical records to the tabloids mm-hmm. and it gets published. Right. Like so, they they don't they feel like they have no privacy when it comes to doctor patient confidentiality, and that would scare the shit out of me too. If that my whole life or my whole career was based on that, and I knew there was people who paid money to sell my medical records. No privacy scares the shit out of me, but it scares the shit out of me more that I don't fucking have health insurance and I can't afford to go. (laughs) So you know, there's that. Um, I mean, yeah, privacy aside. um, But it's it's just a good illustration of how depression doesn't you know money that like you know the the it's not like if if we all of a sudden all have money it's gonna be fucking great we still need to address like serious mental health issues sure yeah you know ssris are i think there's a nightmare like there's unfortunately a big stigma about suicide still that like you're not allowed to do it you know or you're bad if you do it and yeah i still think that's kind of horseshit like it's your right it's your life it's your choice it's not about anybody else. And yeah, other people might be sad about it, but they'll be sad no matter how you died. You know? And it's if someone decides that's their yeah. time to go, you know, whatever well, I, may have influenced totally, it. Yeah, but that's still... I'm totally in support of, uh, like, you know, end of life. I don't, I don't really know the term, but, you know, uh, uh, assisted suicide, essentially, like when you're... Well, you what know, if you don't need any help? Or... Sure. Well, I mean, whatever was going or no, on... No, it doesn't have to be assisted, you know? Like, I don't... Right. No, I, I I get the end of life reason. choices, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, somebody like him, I really uh, wish he could have gotten the help he probably needed. Well, or, and we, know, don't we don't know. We don't even know. What we don't know. I mean, right. was, I mean, could it have been he was just diagnosed with a brain tumor? Could it have been you know right, he right. went back to well, using? That, I mean, yeah. there's a million other you know uh, possible things. The sad part for me is the fact that he you know had a family and, and at least one child, right? So yeah. same with Kate yeah, Spade was, too. The, dating, the kids uh, are the harder part for me um, well, because and, and they and see course, that example. And 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, y- y- of course, they're going to personalize it. You can't help that when that is your own family. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But people right. that are just like like to show and we're like that's selfish. It's like no, you're selfish for yeah, just wanting your show to go on to forever. It's a weird. The real tragedy though is that Henry Kissinger is still fucking alive. <laughs> so Sorry. you know, it's funny. Funny enough, Anthony Bourdain, among the other reasons why we we we're all fond of him, and you know, besides the fact that he has a great show. Uh, seems like he was one of us. Uh, he had a great quote uh, that mm. I want to read you guys. We read it on the show when we were talking about Henry Kissinger for some other reason. Uh, the fact that he was still alive, I guess. I don't remember exactly what we, why it came up. But uh, uh, he tweeted out back in May. Oh, I think it was just because he tweeted it, and I thought it was an awesome tweet. Uh, Frequently, I've come to regret things I've said. This from 2001 is not one of those times. And then there's a quote from his book where he says... Um, once you've been to Cambodia, you'll never stop wanting to beat Henry Kissinger to death with your bare hands. Yep. You will never again yep. be able to open a newspaper and read about that treacherous, uh, prevaricating, murderous scumbag sitting down for a nice chat with Charlie Rose or attending some black tie affair for a new glossy magazine without choking. Uh, witness what Henry did in Cambodia, the fruits of his genius statement, uh, genius for statementship, and you will never understand why he's not sitting in the dock at The Hague next to Milosevic. Yeah, I mean... It's <laughs> like it's Hillary like, Clinton in Libya. <laughs> I yeah, wish he would have stuck around just long enough for Kissinger to go. Just to oh, like he get, a, so... get a follow-up, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he would have been like, evergreen tweet. Um, yeah, no, he's great. And he also uh, did, a, did his show, Parts Unknown. He did an episode in 2003 in Gaza on the West Bank. Uh, yeah. Which I'm sure he got a lot of shit for from the network and from you know whoever, um, but he really went a long way towards showing yeah, Palestinian well, humanity. Which he is he was also in Lebanon people. the last time Israel was bombing the shit out of Lebanon and killed thousands of civilians there, and he showed it like you could see he's at some restaurant on the patio and you can see these puffs of smoke going up in the distance. That's how yeah. close he was to it. So yeah, he yeah. definitely I mean, spoke out. I think if you if you think about it he was somebody that lived a very full life right and so in that Mm -hmm. sense i don't necessarily feel a sadness i could see where he might have sat there and gone i've done everything i wanted to do like i've you know visited all the countries i've tried all the foods of you know all all these different things i can see where you know maybe you're like oh you just it's like a band you know when they're really popular they they want to go out on a positive before the real decline happens and then they're you know just playing yeah yeah. you know no name bar on the corner to nobody um I, i can kind of understand that i'm not saying it you know, it makes sense to me. I, I think yeah. my biggest struggle has just been to try not to judge this um, because we do through our own lenses, whether, you know, we say it's selfish or whatever. Um, I've just been trying to just wait and listen for, you know, more details to come. Obviously, it's never going to make sense to, to most of us because of his wealth and because of, you know, the, the privileges that he had and all of that. But um well, he also worked understand. really hard. I mean, he wor- tra- yeah. doing a travel show looks like it's all fun and games, heroin, but like, yeah, you, you have to. I mean, you're 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 producing your own show, and you have to be personable with people, and you like you're on the road with a bunch of film gear. Like, it's not an easy job at all. It's still really hard yeah, work. Seems like it'd be a pain I saw out. somebody uh, yeah. that wrote in the New Yorker about him, and they were talking about how incredibly <clears throat> accessible he was. How other celebrity chefs, Guy Fieri, or you know others, you know, you have to go through you know firewalls worth of 
full of people to get to them. Right. And Bourdain was just always accessible, always willing to do an interview, you know, a big co podcast, a small one, like he didn't, it didn't matter. Um, he was just there and, and willing to talk to people always on time or early for appointments, all of those kinds of things. So yeah, I the, get the sense he was decent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it was a Ron Perlman of cooking shows. <laughs> no, just, he does. He does. He had the same hair as Ron Perlman. So. Yeah. That, that stringy fucking white spaghetti hair. I don't even know what you call it. But, yeah. Um, it the, shape, so, the shape was similar, too. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I think he's a great example of, of why when you travel and you meet people from other cultures, it's a lot harder to be like, oh, well, they're the other and they're the, mm -hmm. they're inhuman. I mean, you know, the way Israel runs their propaganda, they, they, do exactly again ironically i say this all the time about israel what the fucking nazis did in in you know the 40s to jews is that they try to make them inhuman they make them seem like right. animals right. they don't you know palestine is a fucking vibrant culture it's like it, you, you watch the episode and i watched it you know just after after this happened i watched a little bit of the episode and i'm like wow this is even more like you know it, it modern and kind of you know vibrant than i thought it was i figured it was a vibrant, like a vibrant culture, but I figured because of the abject poverty that Israel keeps them in, that it would be like you know, essentially look like Syria. But I, that's not the case with them. It's just when when you really like spend time with Palestinians, it, it becomes even more unconscionable the way that Israel is keeping them in an open air prison and fucking sure. executing them. Yeah. Well, that's I mean that's the that's sort of the like we go. Well, how can they just how can they shoot civilians? in their own land across the border wall? How can they shoot uh, reporters and press that are marked as press? How can they shoot doctors and medics who are wearing, you know, doctor's clothes? Uh, you know, and it's because so, they think, well, they're not humans we're shooting. They're less than human. And we're right. more than human because we're descended, we're the chosen ones from God, right? You know, and it's just like, wow, Zionism really is an extremist ideology. It's a cult, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's really a form of white supremacy in a way. I mean, if you think about it, um, and you know, you you mentioned medics getting killed uh, this week again. Uh, uh, Israel a IDF sniper uh, murdered a Palestinian, a twenty-one-year-old female Palestinian medic uh, with her hands up. Uh, Razan Al Najjar uh, was a Palestinian medic wearing a white vest, clearly marked that she was a paramedic. Uh, started walking towards the uh the fence to you know treat another injured palestinian that was you know shot by the idf and they just fucking shot her and killed her like it, it's so clear that shot her in the stomach so that there's there was a good chance she could have lived for days in agonizing pain before she died i mean that's why you aim for the the intestines and stomach and bowels yeah, is to cause fucking barbaric a horrifyingly long painful death where you know you die of like septic in infection of your organs basically that's why you shoot someone in the stomach and and i should point out to people this was not an accident the idf uh is one of the highest uh trained militaries in the world the right. idf snipers are probably the best division of snipers in the fuck of any army in the fucking world that we know of like i mean honestly there's such a there's such a high level of training that they do because they're you know we talked about before they're constri uh, conscripted from a young age um they're fucking animals i mean they're absolute animals like the idf it, it, and it, i don't know i, I mean I, I just don't know how much more the the fucking world at large can look at this and say well you know it's a complete like 
I want to fucking slap and all the time at work, you know, in, in just day to day life, people like when you talk about this, uh, you know, and I, I talked to my boss about this today, who is Jewish and he goes, well, you know, and I just want to fucking slap people when they start to defend Israel. It's like you're apologizing for a bunch of fucking genociders. Like, would you apologize death, for yeah, South it's, Africa? It's, I mean, it, what? It, it's death squads. You we're know, a country if, that doesn't have a lot of talking room, though. I mean, we're caging people right now. In this country, we're caging families and children, putting them. Yeah, yeah. In, well, but like, they're not uh, citizens, though. I mean, that's not the same thing. Bingo, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. so I got a, I got a little uh, Department of State story. I'll keep it short. Um, so I, I I'm always advising people on what to do based on my knowledge of the law and um, just different practices and political climates and everything. And I already I had somebody call in who was basically uh, her passport had already gotten flagged for um, or her application because she wears a headscarf. She's Muslim, right? And she had a very Arabic sounding name. So, you know, she can had to like write a letter, a signed statement stating it's for religious purposes. Well, she'd already taken care of that, but she was going to be moving in the middle of her application, and she wanted me to change her mailing address. And I was just like, "Look, um, you got to, you need this in like three weeks to travel. Don't change your address because they're just going to red flag you again. Like it's here." And I, I, I tried to explain, like, "Look, is, if there's anyone else that can pick it up from your your old address and take it to you, do that because I just don't want anything else to delay your getting your passport." And she totally yeah. knew what I was saying without me actually like saying saying it, you know. Um, and she was very grateful for like, that. I can't that. say that you and, should do this, but... Right. I can't say, like, hey, uh, somebody at the Department of State might flag you because you're a Muslim who wants to change your address in the middle of your passport application, which, in theory, you can totally do. It's totally fine. But I'm thinking, like, who knows what? who's going to see that and go, no, nah, we're going to pull this one and look at it for five months and, and study everyone she knows just because of this bullshit, you know? Yeah. So she understood what I was saying. I was just kind of like, yeah, don't change your address. Just go go with it as is. Have a friend pick it up and mail it to you once it arrives. <sighs> We're a country of fucking lunatics. Um, and, you know, now the IDF is re- releasing deceptively edited videos uh, to try to smear this woman that they fucking murdered. First, they said that they meant to shoot somebody else, which, yeah, okay. You're fucking high. It's sniper, which is what, you know, the highest trained sniper uh unit in the fucking world uh meant to hit somebody else but hit this woman who was slowly walking towards you right with her hands up yeah, yeah. that makes sense um and they released some video of somebody that kind of was dressed similarly throwing a tear gas canister with like horror music underneath it it was like mm-hmm. fucking the, 10 seconds of video it is such a crock of fucking shit right and, well and then they took some something she said out of context from a totally separate video and they they clipped it the way you know these right wingers do. Where they try to make it sound something total like the total opposite of what they actually said. Like when police kill a black kid, and they're like, "Oh well, look, he was he he's been smoking pot before. Like what? Same, <laughs> he was no thing. angel. Yeah, he was, that's what they said about her. They literally said she was no angel. Yeah, fucking. Ha- it's like they yeah. they have the same playbook. Um, and you know, I just. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, and, and again, I, I'm just fucking speechless because it makes me yeah. furious. And at the UN that day, uh, a bunch of other countries tried to pass a resolution uh, pr- to protect demonstrators uh, at the border. And guess who was the sole dissenting vote uh, to shoot it down? I'll give you America. one fucking <laughs> Our good buddy Nikki Haley. Yeah, at the fucking UN. Oh, man. I, I mean, it's just so... Uh, yeah, history t- is going to look back is... on this so unfavorably. I, I just can't well, even stress. The thing enough. is, we don't even look back on on like the 
decades of Israel's history of aggression and violence negatively. You know what today is also the today's the fiftieth anniversary of the of Israel attacking a U.S. Um, Navy uh, intelligence ship um, in hmm. the Mediterranean. Do you know about this? No, I don't even know about that. Okay, so the USS Liberty attempted to radio for assistance when they, while they were under attack. This is during the Six-Day War. But the uh, but Israel aircraft blocked the transmissions. Eventually, the ship was able to make contact with the U.S. carrier Saratoga, and 12 fighter jets and four tanker planes were dispatched to defend the USS Liberty. When word of their deployment reached Washington, however, Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara ordered them recalled to the carrier so they never reached the Liberty. Back uh, back in the Mediterranean, the initial aid raid or air raid against Liberty was over. Nine of the two hundred and ninety-four, uh, I'm sorry, two hundred ninety-four crew members were dead. Sixty were wounded. Suddenly, the ship was attacked by Israeli torpedo boats, which launched torpedoes and fired artillery at the ship. Under command of its captain, uh, the Liberty managed to avert, uh, avert four torpedoes. One struck the ship at the waterline, heavily damaged. The ship launched three lifeboats, but w- the lifeboats were then attacked by Israeli ships in violation of international law. So that's what Israel does to the our own navy, America's navy. And what why is, were they are, attacking us? They don't. They don't say. They say, "Oops, it was a mistake." The same way they say it's a mistake if they bomb a hospital. But then they also say all of our targets are precision, and we'd never miss, and we never choose a target uh, without reason. So this is well, during the Six Day War when all this shit was going down there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they 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 uh, murdered a bunch of U.S. soldiers who w- it wasn't even an armed ship; it was an intelligence ship. It was like a like a recon ship. Yeah, and, and McNamara ordered our own military not to defend our our own navy, who was under attack by Israel. And McNamara, no the same one from Fog of War. Yeah, our buddy. <laughs> yes. Our, hey, our, our yes. Buddy. take a listen to our other podcast. <laughs> yeah. So remember Fog how of little war review available in our archives. Remember yes. how little <laughs> it took for us to go to movement. war against Vietnam. You know, I mean, if there was ever a real Gulf of Tonkin incident, it was Israel attacking the USS Liberty on this day fifty years ago. Wow. Yeah. No, I've never even heard of that. I, I want to read more about that. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. I, you know, I just, I can't, I, I genuinely cannot wrap my head around how a country that was created as a refuge for survivors of the Nazis in the 40s became such a right wing, fucking murderous, oppressive, fascist country and regime. Like, I, I can't, I, I genuinely, and I'm sure there's somebody who's a scholar in, you know, Israeli Palestinian conflict or just Israeli statehood who can explain this to me. But well, remember I, that I the winners understand. always get to write the story. So, you know, but, I mean, they weren't I'm sure winning. that there are no, people like from back then that would refugees. say that the entire existence of Israel was something different than it was. I mean, I, I'm just it's, saying it's, that, you know, yeah, what I we're think, taught and what, what the full reality is are two sure. different things. Right. Well, I think it's more just human nature when you have a, um, a very strong fear of being wiped out and then suddenly you're empowered with the most weapons you could ever dream of um, and you have a blank check to commit a genocide and atrocities. You're going to go do that. It's just it's it's the, the, the bullied becomes the bully. That's kind of like kinda us w- after we won the revolutionary war. Yeah, well, it's... The British almost fucking you know, killed us all, and then we, we won, and then we're like, all right, great, now we're going to fuck with everyone else's country. Well, the yeah. worldview is us versus them. It's that if we don't get rid of them, they're going to get rid of us, so therefore it justifies anything we do, and it's obviously flawed logic, but that's where they come from. Yeah, well, I mean, not not everyone who takes up arms has that mentality. Um, you know, the, the Zapatistas very famously took up arms to defend themselves and never attacked anyone 
ever. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was purely sure. for self-defense, and they had no plans to go conquer anyone else's land. Um, the Kurdish militia is very much the same. You know, they've taken up arms to fight ISIS and defend their land, and occasionally have skirmishes with, you know, uh, official militaries in Syria, in Turkey, in Iraq, and Iran. But they're not. They've never been interested in conquering other lands. They just want to, you know, live a, a Gregorian. A, uh, agrarian lifestyle out in you know the desert kind of well so. us versus them isn't just about colonialism or take or conquering lands it is about the you know truly feeling that if we don't get rid of someone else they'll get rid of us or that they're coming for us therefore we have to get rid of them so yeah, yeah i mean yeah. If, we, for many if we don't fight them part. over there we're gonna have to fight them over here right, right. Fucking stupid well mentality. you know if you're if you're on the ground and isis is coming uh you, they really are coming for you <laughs> so well yeah not, no in yeah, that again. case it is true but no yeah no the right. united, that's a ridiculous mentality for any person living in the united states to fucking have I mean, we have yeah. the strongest military in the world. We're, you know, basically a fucking island. You know, we're not going to, I don't think we're going to be facing any threats from Mexico or Canada anytime soon. Um, yeah. And that's just, just absurd. But um, I don't know. I, I think about it sometimes about our defenses. And I'm like, a lot of people would have thought, you know, before 9-11 that our, you know, we had some, some kind of defense ready that if, if something like that were to happen, that we'd have, I don't know, fighter pilots or something, you know, ready to protect well, things. We do now. We, we did. Know, or that we, we did, did it. Right. We, we did, and they they were not scrambled. They did right. have fighter jets ready to go, and they were or not. Or protecting the Pentagon. To. I mean, I guess yeah. th- there were oh, yeah. just things that um, we well, took for granted. people had the, f- the whole conspiracy theory right. like, pushed in, which I don't believe. But, you know. No, no th- we took for granted that, that we were prepared. And I think the, the, the real true reality is that we're not nearly fucking prepared enough for the vast, you know, the array of things that can happen whether it's I mean, poisoning right. our water or our yeah. systems or hacking or i mean there's just there's so many ways that that people can fuck with us when if and when they want to yeah well, nobody's I mean, minding the if, ship if you live in hawaii and there's incoming missiles you apparently get a text message <laughs> even <laughs> oh, when there's, there's not that. God, what the fu- <laughs> yeah that was such a it's Jesus like it, when you get a little glimpse of like what the preparedness looks like, and you're like, "Oh exactly. shit!" <laughs> I love how they never exactly. told us what that actually was, and like who did that. Like that's we still never heard a fucking PS on that. No, no, like, you know what it was? I looked into it. I researched oh, like what, okay. what happened. So basically, it's like they were doing a test of the system, yeah. and basically, it's like one of those things where don't hit the big red button, and it's like, would you <laughs> would you like to abort this test, or would you like to actually send the real alert? Oh, and it's like it was Why that simple that? of a like. You, the, you know when you like go to pay for something on a you know debit card a little swipe thing and it's like would you mm-hmm. like to proceed with transaction or cancel and the buttons are so little and close together that you like you hit the <laughs> wrong button like, all the fucking time like, like fuck yeah yeah well that's what Oops. they did and like hey maybe we should design a system with these two buttons to, to abort the test or to actually send the real <laughs> alert out to thousands of people aren't right next oh to each God. other oopsie <laughs> As, in, in the immortal words of Rick Perry oops yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of idiots it, it, winning office, uh, we should we should get to the primaries because I'm sure we could we could spend the rest of the show talking screaming. about those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, a lot of states had their primaries Tuesday, including California, um, New Mexico, a couple other states, Iowa, and you know, I, you know, I, I, I'm reticent to say that it was all awful. But no, it, no, I would because it was that. a mixed bag. Yeah. But um, the 
we won some battles. We lost a lot of the wars. I think we lost a lot of the major wars. But... Well, here's the problem is we still don't know because so if you look on the New York Times or a lot of the different places that are reporting like the results, for example, for California, they'll say 100% of precincts reporting. But as of yesterday, there were still 2.6 million ballots that had not been um, you know, counted. Um, somewhere in LA County, somewhere in San Diego. And so I go... I don't even know how we have results. And I'll yeah, give that you, seems a little sketchy, considering you know, how close the Deleon and the other guy were and things like that. Yeah, so they, they you know, get every precinct to report something, right? One percent doesn't matter, just so they can say we have 100% reporting and everybody stops looking. But so to give you an example, with the Secretary of State race, um, Alex Padilla has, I think, 2,100,000 votes or something like that. And if we still have 2.6 million outstanding, why did they call that race already? Why did they call that race for first and second, like sealed and done? I understand you get a certain idea, you know, based on votes. But but when you have a lot of the early returns come in from conservative areas and you know that a lot of what's left are, you know, more progressive leaning, more democratic areas, I think... I don't know. For me, seems like we should maybe take a look at that before we just go call in all these races. I don't get it. Yeah, and what we saw again, like we saw in Brooklyn, was that a bunch of people got fucking left off the voter rolls. I'm sure it's total coincidence that in these strongly progressive districts, L.A. County and then back in Brooklyn during the primaries and, you know, uh, with Bernie and Hillary... Oh my God! Look, we just lost two hundred thousand people off the voter rolls. I don't Anthony, know how that It was happened. a printing error. <laughs> of course, even well, though they proved that it was done intentionally in Brooklyn, and then they just faced no consequences for it. Well, sure and that's this time was a printing. That's what's error. fascinating about this one was the LA um, County Recorder put out a statement, you know, the day of, saying it's I want to say like you know fourteen hundred precincts out of you know five thousand or so that are affected, but but we don't know the locations, right? So well, if you know the exact you, number of precincts and you don't know where they are, that's just, it's a lie. It's a flat yeah, out lie. If no, you know course, the number right. of precincts, then you know exactly where they are. Well, and, maybe it wouldn't be a problem if millennials would just settle down and buy a house and not keep moving constantly. <laughs> you ever think about that, millennials? Just buy a house. Oh, God. Stay well, you in know, the same okay. voting district. I don't, know if, I don't know if you saw, but we, sh- we should actually work harder uh, for less money and for longer uh, <laughs> than, 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 our, than our parents. I don't know if you saw that fucking yeah. lovely article this week. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that. Well, so there's different analyses on this California thing, and I don't think the the whole story has been written yet, obviously, with yeah. all those votes outstanding. Initial story was it was low voter turnout, that only, you know, 20% of your registered voters, and you know, actually turned up to vote. And then they, well, then they upped it later, and then oh. they said 28. Now they're saying with these outstanding ones that it could actually wind up being higher voter turnout. So we could wind up at 35%. How can they call an election before? I, I don't uh-huh. understand. <laughs> it's okay, California. So, they called it for Hillary the day before it actually that's true. took place. They, they are time traveling demons in California, apparently. Yeah. Well, and they only fun. audit if they audit, you know, at all. They audit one percent of the votes. So there's that's no audit. audit. That's not a Bingo. fucking audit. There's no audit in the universe that is a representative audit at 1% of the it's sample. It's like the IRS. They only audit 1% of your income. I mean, why else? You know? Yeah, totally, right? That's how it's, the IRS goes. 1% is, is representative of the whole. joke of a democracy that we live in. This is a fucking sham of a democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fuckery. Yeah. It is absolutely <laughs> fuckery. fuckery. That is the technical term. We can, yeah. so we can you know, say that I, now. Uh, there were a couple... <laughs> 
I, I, I do want to briefly mention some races, uh, yeah. important races. So there were a couple uh, wins for progressives. Uh, in Audrey Denny. Audrey Denny, yep, mm-hmm. Justice Democrat. Uh, you know, uh, our friend Jeremy was her uh, field director. She won. CD one, yep. She got top two, top so two, she's yeah. She's moving on. Yep. And actually, by the way, I should say before we continue, I actually think that's a much better system. What they what they're calling a quote unquote jungle primary, which is to scare people, but to actually have the top two vote getters go on to the general, I think is a way better fucking system. Well, it is, unless you look at some of the races that and the, the danger that they face. So with so many progressives um, in some of those races, they really did risk not having any Democrat or progressive make top two because it yeah, was so diluted. I, in, in a state like California, where it's so fucking blue, there's almost no chance that you're not going to get a single Democrat. Like, you know, I, I would, I wasn't too worried about that. I thought that was mostly doom saying. Well, some of those um, districts are so gerrymandered that, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I mean, look, you know, in California Senate, you have two Democrat quote unquote <laughs> Democrats running. Um, so, you know, uh, in New Mexico, uh, Deb Holland, uh, won her primary. So I learned that she... that is not the bright spot that we thought it is. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So, uh, somebody was mentioning today and, and she was one that I was like thrilled for. She, she would potentially she would be... be the first actual native American in, in Congress, which right. is fucking and unbelievable. because she's running on a, you know, quote unquote, like Bernie crap platform. Um, you know, a lot of people, she's, she's gained credibility within the progressive community, but the progressive community with you know, that, that lives right there has actually said, and the, and the Bernie supporters that she did some things to, um, that were very uh, negative against Bernie that sabotaged Bernie um, during the primary back then. And I don't know, you know what all of it was, but I would just encourage folks to look into it more um, mm. to, to see what her history was as far as Bernie went and, um, and what might've happened there. Cause yeah, she was one that I was like, woohoo, like I'd love to work that race. And then when I started reading more about that, I was like, uh, I need to, I need to learn more here. Um, before I make a judgment on her, because she was backed by the establishment, which is a large part of why she won. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I didn't know that, so that's good to know. Um, well, you know, I, I guess we have Elizabeth Warren in there, so I guess there is, we still yeah. do have some Native American. Mm. Uh, um, jokes. <laughs> jokes. No. Uh, so, um, and that, by the way, uh, uh, considering we are the United States of America and we've never had a Native American uh, congressperson, uh, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> and that pointed how out, up we... yeah, it's not that they haven't tried. It's just no. I'm sure yeah. they tried. Yeah, of course. But people, you know, that 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 they're of course the other, even though it's literally their fucking land <clears throat> that we stole from them. Oh, did you guys um, see the, uh, the 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 young black woman in? Um, it's a, a Georgia county commissioner position. Oh yeah. And she yeah, took yeah. her she took her oath with her fist raised instead of her hand raised, and mm-hmm. she took her oath on the autobiography of Malcolm X instead of the so Bible. Great. And, so great. And she Can had you pick a, any book? She, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was just the like, greatest, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, the greatest thing ever about that was reading the fucking conservative chud replies under that tweet. <laughs> just fucking crying hysterically into their fucking American flags. It was so fucking funny oh, to man. watch them be like, what the fuck is this fucking communist, you know, but I, way worse things that I won't even repeat, you know, yeah. doing. And But it was just so funny to watch them fucking cry. Um, fill their diapers. And they fill their diapers. Yeah. So uh, Mariah Parker is her name. Uh, yes, wants to look her up. Uh, yeah, um, she's got, she's got so a nice, were- amazing big afro. She's awesome. Yeah, there were a lot of local progressive victories and a lot of R Rev candidates, which you know you'll I'm sure you'll speak to in a minute about strategy. But 
the big races, uh, progressives really took it on the fucking chin. Uh, so, you know, people were hoping, uh, to take out Nancy Pelosi, uh, you know, Stephen Jaffe, who's a friend of the show. We've interviewed him on the podcast. Uh, didn't, didn't fare so well. Um, I think he got something like 8% of the, I don't even remember how it was pretty low. Um, so, you know, uh, Diane Feinstein, uh, easily sailed to reelection, uh, somehow. I don't fucking know how. And then Kevin DeLeon, who's another kind of Feinstein light, uh, is the second place, uh, vote getter. So all the progressives combined didn't even, wouldn't have even gotten second place. So. Yeah, David Hildebrand pointed that out on Facebook. He said combining all the corporate free progressives into one block would have put us in sixth place for U.S. Senate. And he said, well, there's still some votes to be counted. Bernie Sanders had 2,300,000 uh, you know, roughly uh, votes in California in 2016. Where the hell were the progressives? Well, hey, if 2.6 million votes are still to be counted, I think sure. we know so, exactly where well, they I are. A, I have a couple of thoughts about that. Number yeah. one, yeah, I think it's a little premature, and I get the fucking sentiment of like, guys, what the fuck? We do need to turn out, and which yeah. I agree well, with. But, but would you have to register with the party to vote in the primary exactly. six months prior to the to the fucking election? Nobody knows who was running six months prior. So, it, you I, know, the I, DNC goes, well, the states make their own rules. It's like bullshit. They fucking make whatever rules you tell them to. Yeah, and they make rules to fucking stifle progressive candidates, which is what we saw in California. You know, the fucking California Democratic Party is run by a pharmaceutical lobbyist. I mean, the the issue is that these candidates have no exposure, no media attention, mm-hmm. and no fucking money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know... That's by design. I mean, you know, no matter how fuck, there's so many good candidates in that ran. You know, Alison Hartson, whatever you think about her, you know, being planted was a great candidate. David, you know, Hildebrand, great policies. Uh, you know, there were great candidates who were a uh, Jess Phoenix who ran. Uh, you know, she was a Justice Democrat, I believe. Uh, she was a geologist. She got like fourth place. Like she was fucking great. Great Geolo- candidate. Geologist. Or, yeah. No, I'm sorry, a volcano geologist. I believe. Oh, that's it's, even it's, better. That's it's awesome. so cool. It's so cool. I know. Coolest fucking Just thing. All the way and she, and she was a great progressive, slogans, too. Like, our, our campaign is erupting with. <laughs> she had, no, yeah. and she had volcanoes in her fucking campaign. Oh, you know, she better. Uh, yeah. Slogans. So I was reading. Better than whales, for sure. <laughs> the LA um, County Registrar rescheduled that 1% audit. Um, so the day after the election, now to the, the 13th. I, and I, that again, they no, say that's, that's going to include I, provisionals. I know <laughs> oh, wait, you understand. I, wait, wait, wait. I, I got another. I got another one. How can they no. even say that with a straight face? Yeah. You're wow. gonna. You're gonna lava our platform. <laughs> oh God! Get out. Go. Get the fuck. <laughs> okay. So wait. So Warren Lynch so, um, yeah. online has has been great about this. Every um, round is listing. You know the the federal and the state. Um, you know all the different Bernie crats. So he did a list. Audrey Denny, California. Barbara Lee, California. Jimmy Gomez, California. Kenneth Maja. I'm not sure if you say that yeah. right. He's a green. Uh, green yeah. Um, yeah, he went Rokana. Don't, mis- don't mispronounce his name. They'll fucking stab you if you, uh, if, you if you disrespect the Green Party. Nanette Barragon, Julia Peacock, Rodolfo Cortez Barragon, Katie Porter, M.R. Campar, Najar. And again, I'm par- apologize if I'm butchering these. J.D. Shelton in Iowa. 
Abby Finkenauer in Iowa, Benny Thompson and looks like Mississippi, uh, Andy Kim in New Jersey, Deb Haland, well, yeah, question mark, but New Mexico and Sochi Torres Small in New Mexico. And then, yeah, a whole list of other state ones. So yes, there were a lot of losses and I, for one, working, you know, three of those races, I was, you know, bruised and battered um, on election night, but there are bright spots. And I think, you know, what we have to remember is that this doesn't happen overnight, you know, and a lot of the the thing to celebrate here is that so many people were inspired by Bernie Sanders, raised their hand, said, yes, I'll, I'll step forward, you know, I'll do this. And the lessons that are learned this time around, you know, I, I intend personally, um, and I hope we all do, to take the candidates, you know, that have gone through it this time around and with whoever I work with next time around, have them meet up and compare notes. I know candidates have said things like, you know, they wasted money in the wrong places or, you know, on consultants that didn't deliver. And so there's a lot of discussion about how do you know who to trust, um, you know, whether you're investing in digital or field. I mean, there's, there's just so many learnings and lessons um, that will come as a part of this. And so we can't expect it as much as we want it to. We can't expect it to happen overnight. Yeah. So I have a couple of thoughts about strategy. Um, the big, the big, the heavy hitters, Diane Feinstein, Nancy Pelosi, um, you know, Andrew Cuomo coming up. These people are fucking so entrenched in the party they will do anything they have to do to keep power and keep the money train going <laughs> so what we need to do against these people and i we, we argued with some guy on twitter about this and i don't really think he understood because he just kept saying well we just gotta run people that don't give a shit people that are like jimmy Dore." and i'm like jimmy Dore, i love jimmy Dore. he's he has a great show he's not gonna fucking beat Diane Feinstein in a Senate race. They're gonna. Right. It's not. Oh, gonna I remember that guy. Yeah, he was like Jimmy Dore should run for something. I'm like, and, and, you know, the guy's. He's not a bad guy. Like yeah. I don't want to shit talk him, but like he just did. Look, look. I've been around these races a lot. I've I've studied a lot of of, of you know campaigns and how shittily they've done. The <laughs> what, shittily. What, what the one fucking campaign against the Democratic superstar incumbent. Uh, that's been kicking ass has been Cynthia Nixon. And the lesson from her campaign to me, and this is what I really think we need to start doing, the problem that all these people face, Allison Hartson, all these people, they could be the best candidates in the world with the best policies in the world. If you went, if, if you went into the ballot box in California and you covered names it, like you didn't you didn't have any names printed but you said this person supports medicare for all free college uh ending the wars and this person voted for the patriot act voted for the iraq war uh doesn't support marijuana legalization supports the death penalty um people would vote for an allison hartson or a david hildebrand fucking 80 to 1 because we know the polling in the democratic party nationwide 80 percent support medicare for all how many of you think uh, in California, support Medicare for all, probably 90%. Um, we need to get rid of that so, little I symbol behind the name that says who the incumbent is. <laughs> I think that's part of it. <laughs> well, no, I, but, but no, but genuinely people walk in the booth and again, a lot of people just say, Oh, I know how, who Diane Feinstein yep. is. She's a Democrat. She's a good guy. Yep. We need, I, I genuinely think so. two things, two pieces of strategy. Uh, I think we need to push, uh, and maybe Ro Khanna can push this cause he's like the fucking ideas man. If for a federal uh, ballot expansion where it's basically just next to each candidate's name, the candidate gets to select three sentences that describe their policy positions. 
They do I that re- in California, but you have to pay for it. It's what? a yeah, it's like twenty five bucks a word. Uh, I think it was sixty two fifty to fucking, put out a candidate that, statement. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So <laughs> that should be a, a, a national federal mandate on every ballot is that you get three policy position sentences that you get to put next to your name, so people can actually make an informed voting decision. Because at the end of the oh, day, so it's, a, like, it's like the vote by mail voter guy that goes out to every voter in Oregon. It's like you get time yeah. to sit down and like read what people put out there so it, you know it's yeah it's hard like, to find this shit no, like i no, can't find local candidate positions right, on stuff right well a lot of them don't even list it on their own damn sure. website yeah. so. so one of the things that cynthia nixon's doing really well is you know she's everyone's kind of joking like she's running for governor of new york city right and but she's running as what i would term a right to the city candidate same thing with uh alexandria uh ocasio cortez she's running as a right to the city candidate and just to kind of to to frame that a little bit, I see a lot of progressives running in districts that are mostly suburban or rural, where the turf is huge and the voters aren't that educated or don't have you know a lot of rabble rousy feelings in their life and they're losing. And I, I'm just thinking like if you're running for the first time, run in a city where the turf is is dense and people are educated and everyone's kind of concerned about the same things. And just to kind of define it a little bit more, uh, I wanted to read a little quote from uh, social geographer Marxist David Harvey. Uh, from his book, Rebel Cities, Um, and he is a professor, so this reads like it's a a lecture a little bit, but uh, just going to read a little bit. Uh, To begin with, the dynamics of class exploitation are not confined to the workplace. Whole economies uh, of dispossession and predatory practices of the sort described in Chapter 2 with respect to housing markets are a case in point. The secondary forms of exploitation are primarily organized by merchants, landlords, and financiers, and their efforts are primarily felt... Oh, sorry, guys. Hang on. Go ahead. <laughs> you want to record that again? No, I'll just keep just going. Just keep going. The, the secondary going. forms of exploitation are primarily organized by merchants, landlords, and the financiers, and their effects are primarily felt in the living space, not in the factory. These forms of exploitation are and always have been vital to the overall dynamics of capital accumulation and the perpetuation of class power. Practices of accumulation by dispossession, rental appropriations by money, and profit gouging lie at the heart of many of the discontents that attach to the qualities of daily life for the masses, uh, for the mass of the population. Urban social movements typically mobilize around such questions, and they derive from the way in which the perpetuation of class power is organized around living as well as around working. Urban social movements, therefore, always have a class content, even when they are primarily articulated in the terms of rights, citizenship, and the travails of social reproduction. So what does all that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me the say, TLDR. So, so, pre- so pretend I didn't fully understand that, because obviously I totally did. Totally. What, it, okay. Pretend that so, I'm somebody who did not fully understand what that So Cynthia saying. Nixon, what, you know, when, when people say you want to win uh, an election, run on a thing. Not, not an idea, right? Run on something like affordable housing or run on something like uh, re- uh, preserving or restoring public beach access instead of private condos. Uh, run on fixing the subway, right? And that's what Cynthia Nixon's running on. Uh, uh, Alexandria's running on uh, probably affordable housing more than anything. That's her big thing, yeah, gentrification of affordable housing. Things, yeah. And that's a thing that it, it's tangible and it means something. And people are, are, and if you're living in a city and you can't afford the rent and one person's saying like, hey, everything's fine. We're all living together or it's all equality and harmony and you're like no it's not because i can't afford to live here and i might lose my home and someone else is saying hey we need to fucking guillotine the landlords who do you think i'm gonna vote for <laughs> right 
So uh, for yeah, sure. I, I'm going to disagree with you guys though here about well, at least Anthony because Cynthia Nixon. The reason why her campaign is doing well is because she has fucking money. No, no, okay? no. That's, there were a lot of people that, to make before, yeah, yeah, that um, you know, have great ideas and great, you know, are running on something like you know, running for a Medicare for all or lots of other, you know, great progressive things. But they didn't have the money, and they could have even been all over on social media. But to be able to get to, you know, old people vote. To be able to get to some of those people, you need traditional media. You need either expensive radio, expensive television, expensive lawn signs, um, you know, expensive well, what, direct what mail. Is, what is the video that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez just did only cost $10,000, and it was, it's been viewed hundreds of thousands of times. So that didn't take she, more than ten no, grand. You're, you're right, but she you is know. also. I, I will say she is a superstar candidate, and not she a lot is. of candidates have the charisma that she has. And not right. a lot of candidates but, even have ten grand to put it to a video. Sure, so, right. So I mean, if you don't have that money, run in a place where not having much money uh, will you'll get the most bang for your buck. If you don't have to reach a bunch of people in the suburbs, you can instead do viral campaigns in a dense city where people are way more focused on that kind of stuff in the first place. Yeah. What blows my mind is the amount of money even going into these fucking state assembly races. We're talking like half a million, a million oh, yeah. dollars Easily on each side. Dollars. The county executive like, in my yeah. fucking uh, I mean, here two, in $2 Wisconsin, the, the state assembly, you would make, I think I want to say $57,000 a year as a salary. <laughs> and yet they'll throw easily $400,000 into one of those races. Like, I, it blows my mind. <clears throat> I'm, I'm sure they're not looking for a return on that investment, though. No, sure totally... not at all. No. So, no, but I, but that did not quite disagreeing. Actually, that was a point I kind of wanted to make. That was a point I was making to the guy on Twitter is that the the, the success of Cynthia Nixon has kind of confirmed for me something that I've thought for a while we could put the best fucking candidate in the world against Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, uh, Diane Feinstein, any of these fucking horrible centrist neoliberals, Joe Manchin, you know, Paul Jean Swearingen was a great candidate. Mm -hmm. um, you could put, the problem is they, <clears throat> the neoliberals and the establishment totally control the media. So they'll freeze mm -hmm. you out mm -hmm. and they totally control the money. I mean, so Diane Feinstein put about $14 million into this race, almost completely in big money donors. Allison Hartson raised a ton of fucking money, raised $700,000. So she was outspent by, you know, about 13 uh, and a third, you know, 13 million plus dollars. That and race sickens reason, me. <laughs> no, I, and it, it's absurd. And it, again, you know, the people of California, if they were informed and they knew who these candidates were, would absolutely not vote for Dianne Feinstein. The only way... We're going to beat these fucking assholes, meaning the top level Democrats, is to run celebrities. Now, when I say that, I don't mean run fucking Deborah Messa. I mean, find celebrities who actually are progressive and have activist backgrounds. People like Cynthia Nixon, who was protesting for teachers uh, union rights, you know, back in the 90s. There's, you know, uh, stuff about her doing that for, you know, years. Uh, someone like Susan Sarandon, who's always been an activist. Uh, somebody like Colin Kaepernick, who fucking gave up millions of dollars to, uh, you know, to, to to say something about uh, policing in this country, and he's paying the fucking price for it. He's being martyred for it. I think we need to convince these people, uh, and anyone that knows them, please, you know, <laughs> help us out. Uh, like, Colin Kaepernick needs to fucking primary Nancy Pelosi in 2020. He lives in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. He he played in San Francisco. He could easily get press. And that's the big thing is that 
He could just use that one piece of audio of her commenting on it. Yeah. Of course. And Cynthia Nixon, uh, the second she announced she was running for governor, had, you know, news articles in The Hollywood Reporter and The New York Times and all. You know, Paula Jean Swearingen is not getting press in the in the no, New York Times. It, yeah. It's So what I'm saying is we gotta find people who have name recognition, who actually are progressive and have activist backgrounds who can use that to their advantage, who don't need to worry about raising, you know, $10,000 um, at a clip because the we're never going to fucking take these. We're not going to make <clears throat> a dent against these people unless we yeah. actually find. Uh, Paul Watson, who founded the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society, is a really good uh, critic of the media and of uh, he's a really good. He's very skilled at using the media in their own game. Uh, so he's yeah, always like, yeah. yeah, why not use celebrities to get on your side on your cause and then the media can't ignore it they they the media exactly. loves scandal uh conflict fame and celebrity and it's like if the, if you're if your cause to save the wolves doesn't have a celebrity the media is not going to show up for it right so if you want to save the wolves you want to save the whales get some fucking celebrities on your side because then the media can't ignore you they they it's cannot the ignore too. you it's other people i mean other yeah, people yeah, show yeah, yeah. because they're for celebrities sure. yeah yeah well, they want to be also... close to the magic but also, I mean, the general public does not have time to pay attention or the or the desire to pay attention to the goings on of fucking inner Democratic Party politics. So right. the only way to reach them is to get in these big races. And again, in small races, you can do a lot on the ground. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is totally proof of that. Um, I, th- I think I think both of both of the things that you and I were saying are true, that in the cities, it's gr- you can totally run a campaign like she's running. But against these heavy hitters like, you know, the Feinsteins and the Cuomo's and the Schumer's and all these other people. Well, the, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you, it's, you a it's a whole state. It's a whole state. You're, you you're looking your at battles. a level of turf that's so large that as a beginning candidate, as a first time candidate, you can't touch that. You'll never touch that. You're right. an no, but even for Pelosi, who's a who, who's a district, like anyone who has that much money and that much backing from the party. Sure. It's such a black eye. If she loses, they will not fucking let her lose. They will dump. Twenty million dollars into a race before they let her lose to some. Well, they don't need unless... to because all they need to do is do things like change the voter rolls, change well, yeah, a regular exactly. person to vote by mail, and then they either get turned away or get a provisional ballot or something else. Look at you know. So some of the reporting for the California race and the Secretary of State race, Alex Padilla has the highest percentage vote. I believe of any other candidate. So the Secretary of State, the one who's the chief elections officer, got like right now I think they're saying 51, 52% of the vote. It was like the higher percentage than almost anybody else. He like doesn't even, if you're going to do this, like at least have the, um, I don't know, humility or something to like not give yourself the most. Yeah, it's like, right. no, I don't even fucking care. He, the guy didn't even, he didn't even really run at all. Um, he put like almost no money into it. He just showed up with Kamala Harris they, they and a couple other people. They any fucking effort, these establishment no. types. Kevin DeLeon didn't do a fucking thing to campaign, got second place because they, well, number one, we don't even know if those votes were legitimate, but number well, two, yeah. um, they just funnel all this money in. And the, the narrative that the press wrote was it was Kevin DeLeon versus Dianne Feinstein. Right. And it's like, the the whole goal of establishment incumbents is to pretend that you're like your opponents don't exist and the only way with these big name incumbents to counter that is to make the person running against them so big and so uh well known that it it, it would be absurd for them to to um, to pretend like they don't exist like you think nancy pelosi could duck a debate with colin kaepernick fuck no 
he could go on ESPN or or CNN or fucking you know any any network of his choice and call her out. You know, not call her out, but like say, hey, she still know, would. To... I mean, she if I were yeah, but, but, if I were her advisor, I'd be like, yeah, don't do it. But you know <laughs> what? Well Everybody would fucking see that. Right. I, you know, candidates all the time call out establishment candidates for debates, and nobody fucking even knows about it. Yeah. And so I really think that that's the that's the fucking strategy now with these big name. Uh, horrible you know Democratic well you, you just i hate the, the the role that money plays in politics it's you know one of the biggest problems that in election integrity but the reality is that you do need money to be able to run you need money to get your message out there you know whether it's a celebrity or you know whatever we need more money in these races to be able to win and i so think more you know, money other... in politics is the answer well you know the other Until we can get I guess, money out of politics we need yeah. money to win to, to get money out of politics the other lesson here is yeah. that women did really well I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers but you know on almost all the races that that there was a a female and a male or whatever like the, the females did um very well and I think that that's the other piece of this moving forward. The time, you know, old white guys, I know they all have money and, you know, they all have something to say, whatever. But I feel like their time is is passing, if not gone. And so, you know, if they want to do something, I feel like in 2020 or after and they have money put aside, rather than doing an ego thing and running themselves, support a candidate you know, a person of color, a female, and I'm not just saying this for identity politics. I'm talking about just other voices that we need out there because old white guys got us into this fucking situation and screwed things up so much. Just um, make sure they're progressive. That's all. Yeah. I'm well, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. It yeah. is. You know, Don't support the Gina Haspels of the world. No. 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 It's just. But it's no, like you know, back in the '60s, they were like, "Oh, all the old suit cigar chomping money guys, they're on the way out. We got a new revolution coming, man." <laughs> and remember, they all thought that was going to happen, and then it was like it was the yeah, but they all gave that up on that bought into capitalism in the '80s and everything. And it's just like they, yeah. there's always another generation that thinks that you know capitalism is on its way out. It turns out uh, institutional greed is not going away. It's, it's just pretty not. resilient. <laughs> it turns out, yeah, like yeah, cockroach. Turns out when you have all the power, um, things are. A little bit more in your favor uh, regardless so, of popular opinion i agree with that and I, I think about that all the time but i also think that um capitalism is reaching such an end stage and income inequality is becoming so fucking vast and it's getting worse that 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 little dip where people thought that like reagan was awesome and was going to bring them prosperity that's never going to happen again because there's nobody that can convince somebody living in Alabama with fucking sewage running through their yard that by voting for them that, you know, all of a sudden everything's going to be better. Like nobody, you know, people, you no. know, people love to put that narrative with Trump, but a lot of people you ask are like, look, I didn't vote for Trump because I think he's great. I know he's probably a con man, but he was the only one pretending to offer me anything. That's well, what no, fear is fear is stronger than faith. And you can convince people that, you know, that the government can take more from them. The government does that really well. But try to convince them that the government can give them anything new. Um, you know, it's been a long time since that's really happened. And I think that's the other piece of it is that the Republicans and, you know, any anyone else actually, I mean, they, they pointed out how Gavin Newsom actually put out an ad that kind of supported uh the republican in his race by saying yeah uh you know john cox stands with you know donald trump in the nra you know that basically helped him <laughs> Sorry, just, to, to turn in say, number two you talk about cox standing i'm just like i can't <laughs> this cox yeah, stands saying, for liberty 
Gavin Newsom looks like such a fucking sleaze. Like you ever see you ever see that he, side by side of he, him and Patrick uh, Bateman from Psycho? He looks. Oh like yeah, I mean he looks like a, he looks like one of the Trump sons. He does. He really but it does. was a strategy in this race for Democrats to support Republicans, just figuring oh, yeah, so that they didn't get a they'll win. Challenger. Exactly, they'll win in the fall by not having not even having to worry about it, and so it's almost a foregone conclusion that Newsom will get it. Um, Most progressive is, fucking state in the country. This is the kind of bullshit that the Democratic Party pulls. They lost their supermajority. Yeah, by design. They don't even want a fucking supermajority because nope. then they would be forced to actually try to enact policy. Yeah. I, you know, these mother. Oh, so again, this is the last thing I want to talk about that we we that's already I'm sure going to alienate a million people. So this could be all <laughs> of our unpopular opinion. All right. <laughs> Stop fucking running independent and green and all these things. Thank we you. We have so many good fucking candidates. Gail McLaughlin is a all-time great fucking Rock candidate. Star. Got like five. What did you get? Like 4% of the vote? 3%. Three, three fucking percent of the vote for lieutenant governor, a position that you could easily win because not they weren't putting a ton of effort into promoting it every picture you see with gail is her and bernie i mean you know she had every r evolution group all up and down california supporting her i mean you want to talk about you know a good grassroots game she had it um and she fucking wasted it she wasted it because she didn't run as a damn she would have had it i really believe i truly believe that and it makes me so sad and so frustrated didn't we do this last week didn't we talk all about this last week no we talked about this off air no, we did a little bit on air. I think we, it was my yeah, unpopular opinion. Yeah, we talked opinion, about this because I was, I was trying to kind of support election, the two-pronged yeah. solution kind of thing. But yeah. No, I, and I agree with the two-pronged solution, but I think that you – now, and there are races. Like, you know, Kenneth Mejia came in second place, but people at the end of the day, they'll tell you – and, do, you know, green and independent candidates will tell you this themselves. At the end of the day, people swear up and down, I'll totally vote for you. Mm-hmm. I like your policies better than either one of the parties. People, when they get in the voting booth, they are scared. scared animals. They mm-hmm. they vote for the tribe that they belong to. They'll vote Democrat or they'll vote Republican. You, it it is so much. And this again, look, guys, I'm a fucking socialist. I'm about a million miles to the left of Bernie <laughs> Sanders. I'm not saying fucking go Democratic Party. And if you've listened no. to this podcast, you know that. You know, comrades, a fucking communist. Ladonna <laughs> is a. Whatever I don't know I what, what, whatever the fuck she is. <laughs> Nobody here is a fan of the Democratic Party or telling you to vote for the Democratic Party and that they're awesome. I'm saying in primaries, the best and and most effective solution to take out these fucking candidates is to run and uh, as Democrats and primary them and take over the party. We are never going to get anywhere with this fantasy of of a people's party that no major politician is going to get behind and support. It's just not going to fucking right. happen, guys. Like, well, it, it's got to become easier to register uh, for a party. I mean, you can do it whenever you want to, but it's like, well, if you didn't know much about politics and, you know, sure. it's like, well, where do I even go to register to vote? Can I re-register Well, yeah, you have a percentage in, in California you, yeah. that, that registers American Independent Party, which is just, you know, whack-ass conservative, right. yeah. Yeah, they're super far right. Radical, well, Fucking yeah. New York, you had to register two months ago to vote in September's primary. So, but again, you know, and people will say, well, see, why would you support that party? I don't fucking support that party. I want to take over that party so we can get rid of that fucking rule and have same-day registration. Infected the only way that's going to ever happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to give the Democratic Party a virus of communism and socialism. That's right. Uh, it spreads fast, the, by the way. It's, yeah, it's, it turns it's, it's out like when a, you have the worst. It's like dominoes falling. It's that's how fast the virus spreads. 
turns out when you have the worst in- income inequality since the gilded gilded age, uh, socialism tends to spread pretty quickly. I don't know. I'm it's being a weird... radicalized on air. <laughs> it's happening. I'm no longer for peaceful revolution, guys. I've I've given up. I'm like, wow. you know what? If if people don't see it anymore, uh, you're not going to get the people that you want elected because we have all this money in elections and we have no election integrity. Okay. So here's, here's and. Uh, sorry, so ahead. I don't even know at this point what it's going to take. But but if, if voter apathy was a piece of it, then people aren't showing up because they don't believe that any of this can change. They think it's so rigged and so fucked. So I'm pretty close to done uh, thinking about peaceful solutions here. So are you ready to give up Starbucks? <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I, I don't know if you I'm totally saw. not <laughs> sipping Starbucks right now. <laughs> uh, you totally fucking are. By the so, way, we how, we all get we all get paid every time we mention Starbucks. I don't know if anyone knows that, but <laughs> no, I mean the Starbucks is a, a horrible drink fucking in my com- account. <laughs> horrible, horrible fucking company. There are worse their, companies. Their their ice mocha latte, which is you know really smooth and uh, goes down easy. <laughs> and I think it's only about three ninety nine uh, per month <laughs> if you go there. No, if um, you mention Move Left Idiots, you get half off. <laughs> Oh man. Uh so no. Uh, by the Look, way, we all have guys... our hypocrisies. I'll take that as mine. I'll sure. take it gladly. Well, I don't know if you guys know, but Howard Schultz, you know, he stepped down as the CEO of Starbucks. Uh everyone thinks he's trying to run for president and he made Ugh. a statement about how the Democrats are moving too far to the left. So I'm sure that's a great <laughs> winning strategy, Howard. Great fucking idea, buddy. What asteroid belt do you have to live on to think Democrats have <laughs> ever moved to the left, let alone too far? Well, you know, guys, there's this new Democrats coalition. Have you heard about them? There's this Mm-mm. whole yeah, group of uh, centrists, blue dog, whatever. Are yeah. they really calling themselves the new Democrats? Yeah, they are. And oh, God, yeah. fuck off forever. What Joaquin the- Castro and Bill Keating. Wait, and, his yeah, name's it- Castro and he's a centrist? <laughs> That's going to be awkward. <laughs> That's my thoughts on the fucking New Democrats. Uh. Oh, God. All right. Well. I'm so done. the one yeah. one other uh, lesson yeah, that I would get that. to, um, because I, I was a part of these races, I've, I've looked at the numbers, and I can tell you that we ran on a couple of these campaigns true like shoestring budgets and reached record numbers of people. I mean, if we, at the end of the day, I don't have all the numbers yet, but, you know, um, basically I want to say like under 30 cents a vote or something like that, you know, and, and reached out to half a million people or whatever, our, our campaign still would have needed double or triple the money to be able to, to win in that race on, on one of these. But, but there's a lot, a lot that can be done digitally. And all of that said, you need field, you need field and you need strong field and you need it to reach the people that digital can't because it, it, it cannot reach everyone as much as the, the fastest growing group of people on Facebook is over 65, as much as, you know, all of that's true. And yes, everybody's on Instagram and yada, yada. Well, the, the, the truism is still there. Old people vote. They're dedicated, they're reliable, and they show up um, no matter what, even when their polling places moved. That was one of the other shenanigans fuckery things that happened they moved a polling place at the last minute and they it's were totally normal Donna. I know you're talking totally about. yeah in alex padilla's backyard actually this happened and you know totally they hadn't sense. notified no, anybody about it and so these poor old people that normally walk to their polling place are like strolling the neighborhoods lost God. and they can't walk to the other one because it's too far and so people were trying to give them rides and, and get through i mean so many things like that um 
we're seriously a fucking third world country. I, I, I can't <laughs> get over how much of a fucking third world banana republic we are when it comes to voting and elections. There's so many different ways that they can cheat, too. And that, that's the other piece that frustrates me. I mean, put aside hacking into um, the actual votes for a second. There's still, um, you know, hacking the voter rolls you know, and, and making changes there. Russia at all this episode. We didn't, we didn't do our contractually <laughs> obligated right? uh, Russia mention this episode. There's still chain of custody. Who who is taking charge of the ballot boxes and the ballots and making sure that they, you know, make it uh, safely does, right? from you know point A to point B. Uh, well, I mean, uh, so I think Which it's is it, super corrupt. I mean, the state parties, you know, usually are extremely pro-establishment, and I believe that they're the ones who. Well, there's uh, people that work at the precincts or precinct chairs or whatever. I mean, I think there's there's more than one person obviously involved sure, in sure. it. But, um, you know, I've heard and I think probably a lot of people listening heard stories of ballot boxes that were just taken um, away from the precinct. Oh, we'll count these later kind of thing. Yeah, it's in All the of garage. This shit. I'll count it next week or something. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. All of hey, this should happen. I'm just going to take these boxes out back. And, uh, so you can fix one. You can fix, let's say, uh, proprietary software, get corporate hands off our votes, or you can make sure that all of our machines are made in this country. Um, you can you could say, oh, we're only going to have paper ballots. And the second you come up with one of those things, they've got five other ways ready to cheat. Oh, it's frustrating. It's always us against they. <laughs> <laughs> You're so Fuck divisive, them. Ladonna, really. <laughs> I know. I really am. I'm just going to drink my Starbucks and go about the rest of my day. Fuck this shit. I'm out, guys. So what if well, we the plus use side, Kenny? Donald Glover might be uh, Willy Wonka, so that, that could be cool. What? Oh. I can't believe that? they made Han Solo black. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they're apparently rebooting uh, uh, the, the Willy Wonka movies. Again? Uh, yeah. Well, Didn't they I just mean, do this? Yeah, yeah. anything's going to be better than the Johnny Depp version. <laughs> That's true. But no, that I actually cringe. genuinely think that Donald Glover would be perfect for Willy Wonka. He's got like this the right uh you know, kind of like bouncy like as an actor, he could totally play off the whimsical but also the serious and he could sing and but like what, yeah. he's too creative for it. He's just too creative for it. I don't want to see him do it. You know, it's like he already did another Lando for Star Wars. Like you don't need to go play Willy Wonka. Like just keep doing your the creative stuff. I don't need this shit regurgitated every fucking 10 years. I don't want to see well, property guys, they don't property. have any new ideas. It's just rebooting old shit. That's all that there is anymore. Well, there will know, never be anything new of, again. Moonlight. <laughs> rebooting. They are Moonlight. Still... They made fucking no, Moonlight and won the best picture of the year. <laughs> Sorry. Almost didn't. <laughs> they thought yeah. it didn't for a second. Yeah. The, just the, just um, the irony that, the, that Moonlight got to physically take the Oscar out of the hands oh, of the whitest so movie of the year. And I love La La Land, but just the irony. They get like, oh, it's, like, it's like the whitest movie of all time, though. Yeah. No, yeah. Legit. I mean, oh, I a white dude yeah, trying yeah. to be like a jazz musician. And like, exactly. You know. exactly. John Legend's um, like, dude, you got to fucking chill the fuck out. With your shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my favorite scene um, of the movie, by the way. No, it's great. I love it. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, so, oh, but no, speaking of reboots, uh, the new Halloween trailer came out, which actually oh, yeah, looks I super fucking good. I, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Halloween. That's, so. It's not a reboot. And it's not a reboot. It's, it's not a reboot. Even a though sequel. they're calling it Halloween, it's a sequel. Right. Isn't Jamie Lee Curtis in this one, too? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it takes place it, it takes place as if all the other horrible sequels, not, not the two is bad, but all the other horrible sequels didn't happen. 
hmm. essentially what, takes wasn't place she in the one the that was one. uh halloween h2o they did in like 2000 or some shit well, yeah where she cuts his head off yeah i don't i never even saw it but i was like oh, okay. dude that one's great i'll cool jason <laughs> <laughs> he plays uh, a fucking school security that one's actually super fun and funny but it's not a good movie um it's like a typical schmaltzy like early 2000s like i know he did last <laughs> you, summer type you guys, movie. you guys remember the the horror movie that john stewart was in where he gets stabbed in the eyeball with a pencil oh the faculty <laughs> yeah i love that horrible movie that movie josh sucked, hartnett so good it's such a shitty movie yeah, yeah. it's like a bunch of, it's it's like hey what if I the love breakfast club fucking... but zombies and it's just like no these kids would never i love those awful 2000s 90s like <laughs> final destination and i know what you did last summer i just watched the oh, disaster artist which is about the room um yeah, have you guys yeah. seen that yeah i want to i'd like no, to the room is a cult out, phenomenon original. on the west coast by the way it's like when you yeah. go to see the room at a theater it's like a rocky horror picture show oh, they do that they do that in new york too, thing yeah, yeah. well yeah. i died watching it because tommy wiseau the the person that the, the yeah. movie's about who made the original <laughs> if you took like three or four of my ex-boyfriends and combine them together <laughs> oh that fucking is that guy oh my god, oh my god. You, you, tommy wiseau there's one guy type? that was like well <laughs> <laughs> Don't Jesus get me started Christ. on my type. Oh, no, b- between this this accent, there was some guy I dated from like Germany and Romania. You know, the, there's the goth piece of it. There's the long hair that my you know current guy has, and so I got that made that made him sound awful. My current guy. We're <laughs> like off he's... the fucking rails here. How do we even get talking about the? <laughs> that was my fault. I mean, <laughs> oh my god, we we really went off the rails here. So. <laughs> But, um, tearing I have me bad apart, taste Lizana. in men You're tearing and worse me apart, taste in Lizana. politics. <laughs> Lisa. Oh, oh hi, Mark. So <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, you should check out our movie review podcast because we clearly love talking about great and awful movies. Uh, yes. Next week, hopefully, we're going to have a review of Black Panther for you. So if you haven't seen yeah. that, yet, go check that out. Fucking kick ass. Great movie, great <laughs> movie. No my mom liked it my mom doesn't like any violence not even comic book violence but like her liberal id poll kind of thing kicked in and she was like <laughs> I, was oh, I, I have to go see it <laughs> she probably loved the cia it. character in that movie. oh i'm sure she loved the white good guy cia guy that was, you know, <laughs> we'll talk about that let's save yeah. it for the podcast a little, um, little, little taste of what we can get into <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh check us out on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left you can find us on itunes uh we're on i'm on or no we're on facebook uh we, i never know where we yeah. are uh we're, we're, we're on, here yeah uh we're on facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots uh i'm at uh twitter uh at on uh, i am I, one day i'm gonna say this without fucking it up uh i'm at move underscore left on twitter i'm at poly bent p-o-l-i-b-e-n-t um, I'm at chaosbot5000, and this is ironic because we were just talking about Halloween, but an account called The Real Mike Myers no, you're not just started Bot following 5, me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever it is. You, you can find me. Anyway, the important thing is uh, an account called The Real Mike Myers just started following me on Twitter. I'm a little creeped out by this. <laughs> is it, uh, is it like, like Austin Powers or like Halloween? It's like a picture of a little baby, and I'm not sure what it is. It's just the name. Yeah. Yeah. Does that by the way, I mean that totally off top. That's one of the greatest fucking scores ever. That fucking like that dun, 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 like that John Oh Carpenter yeah. Score. So the, yeah, the first one was Carpenter where they was like the second one Carpenter too. Uh, he had involvement I believe just in the first two movies and now in yeah. this this next one that's coming yeah. out which is why I'm so excited for it cuz it's the oh. first one he's had involvement in in a long he's produced it even though he's dead now. No, no, no. Uh Wes Craven died. John Carpenter's still around. No, he's not. Yes. He 
I hate to break it to you. <laughs> Did he just? <laughs> He's he has involvement in the film from beyond the grave. <laughs> No, John Carpenter's still alive. No, he's not. You're totally thinking of Wes Craven. Uh, Somebody Google so. it quick. I'm Googling it right now. No, John Carpenter's still alive. You think Wes Craven Until, died yeah. like last year? Who's like the Nightmare on Elm Street guy? Wait, no. Comrade's never wrong. This is we're gonna have to like mark this day. I'm, I'm looking at his, <laughs> looking at his Wikipedia right now. He's still alive. There's no death <laughs> note. What? That's crazy. <laughs> This is fucking Mandela effect shit going on in real time right now. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I really think you're thinking of Wes Craven because they've had very similar so. careers. Born. Carpenter's still kicking. That's you know, I just crazy. learned what the Mandela effect was recently from my fucking daughter, the one you always my, say is my, awesome. Maybe it's She's the one who told me thing, about it. Because my little sister is obsessed with the fucking Mandela effect. I think it's a YouTube like. It, it thing, is a yeah. YouTube teen, like tween thing. Yeah, like, it's 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 a big thing. Let's see, John Carpenter's Twitter page. Let's see when the last time this dead man <laughs> tweeted. Well, he retweeted something yesterday, so I'm pretty sure that oh, he's not retweeting from beyond the grave. I don't ever, I don't ever get this shit timeline. wrong. Like, I don't, I don't follow celebrities that well, but like, I know when someone died, and I, I have a distinct memory of John Carpenter dying. About I think a year it's ago. understandable because I, I. I uh, but I don't. I don't even know who West. West, West I don't know who West Craven is. Like I know he's, he's a horror director, but I don't even remember what he looks like. So that's that's why I was. I had such a. I was like, no, I don't think that's right. I think he really. Is, you thought, you thought John Carpenter's mustache left this world? His beautiful uh, mustache. Him, him, and John Bolton, I guess. Oh yeah. shit! John Carpenter's doing a tour, like playing his his like orchestral music, kind of like Hans Zimmer does. I, I, that'd be cool to see. We're still on the podcast. Let me, let me get off. The- <laughs> We're All just right. bullshitting right. now. This, this, this is what, what happens do. after yeah, the I was show. Say, yeah. This is what happens after the show, usually, guys. Um, but yeah, check us out on SoundCloud. All that shit. Uh, keep your eyes out for Movie Left this week. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good one. I'm I'm pretty excited to talk about it. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> All that shit. Uh, support Starbucks, small business, really good company. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you next week.